0: Father, we thank you so much that we get to come together on this Friday morning and to learn more about you and what a great God you are. And so we pray that you will help us to understand more about you as we look into your word, the Bible, and how you revealed yourself to us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, uh, Caroline, Raquel, we have two more seats. We have one seat up here, and then I think we have a cube. So one of you can take the chair. And the other person, or do you you both want to sit in the back? You don't want to sit too close to me? Okay, so you guys make yourself comfortable. All right, so uh, before we get started, I just wanted to let Caroline and Raquel know that I gave all the other kids a couple of minutes to think of one thing that you can do that no one else in this room can do. One thing you can do. It could be something silly. It could be something serious. One thing that you can do that no one else in this room can do. And because of that, you're great. it makes you great, all right? I, I so I'll give, you, I'll give you two a couple of minutes. But before we share what makes us great, we've gone through a lot of things in our first two classes. Do you remember that in our first class, we learned that we can only know God if God reveals himself to us. Remember that? And we learned that God revealed himself to everyone in two ways. And those two ways start with the letter C. Does someone remember one, Uh, Annabelle? Creation. Creation, that's right. Because God made everything, God created everything, we can know a little bit about him, all of us, by looking at his creation. All right, Caroline, do you, know, do you remember the second one? Conscience. Conscience, that's right. God created a conscience in every single human being. Every one of you in this room, God has given you a conscience. And something inside you, God has placed that lets you know a little bit about him. What is good and what is bad. You don't have to teach a baby that biting someone else is not a good thing, right? So God has given us creation and God has given us a conscience, but God didn't stop there. We learned that God spoke to us and one way that God speaks to us is through the Bible, right? We we can't know very much about God just by looking at creation or just by our conscience. And so God revealed more of himself in his special revelation, God's word. So unless you and I share a little bit about ourselves, people may not know about us. Unless God reveals to us more about him, we can't know about him. And so compared to every other discipline in our school, like in science, if we wanted to learn more about a ladybug, What do we do? We go outside and we look at a ladybug, right? And we see that a ladybug has six legs and that some ladybugs can fly and some don't fly as much, but that's how we know about God. Can we just go outside and get a telescope and try to look at God and see what he's like just by our own knowledge? No, we learn about God through what he's revealed to us. And that's why most of our class We will spend time reading Bible verses to learn more about God. All right. And then last class, you remember that we learned two important things about God. And we actually learned two big words. The first thing we learned about God is the aseity of God. The aseity of God. Does anyone in this room remember what we mean when we say the aseity of God? You guys remember? He doesn't need anything. That's right. That God doesn't need anything. Remember last time we came up with a list that if all of us were to be trapped in, uh, in, in a deserted island with two friends for a whole week, and you guys wrote down a packing list of all the things you needed. How long was your list? Very long. Was it? Was it blank? No. Was it short? Yes. Yeah. Some of yours were shorter than others, but many of you wrote down a lot of things because if you were in a deserted island by yourself with a couple other friends who were kids, you needed things, right? You needed food, you needed water. What else did you guys need? Fire. 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 Apparently Titus needed the Empire State. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Empire yeah, State. Like You guys needed things to entertain yourself because if you didn't have stuff, you'd be bored. What what were you saying, Titus? A Nintendo Switch. Oh, a Nintendo Switch, Switch. yes. To have fun, we need Nintendo Switch. But, (laughs) hands down, but does God need anything? No. 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 That's what makes God God and us not God. God doesn't need anything, right, Raquel? We need everything. And we need God, but God doesn't need us. We say that he is self-existent. No one created him. He doesn't need energy from anyone. We still need energy. We need food. We need the sun. We need water. We need shelter. And all of these things have to come from God. So we learn that God doesn't need anything. God is self-existent, and we call that concept the aseity of God. But even though God doesn't need anything, did God just stay by himself far away after he created all of us? No. No. God came near to us, right? And even though we sinned, right? Even though we did, all of us in this room, we've done bad things, God still wanted to come close to us, to come near to us. And we learned a second big word, the imminence of God the eminence of God, that God came near. Remember, we said that if your younger brother or sister didn't take a bath and they're all dirty and stinky, would you want to be close to them? Would you want to jump and share the same bed with them? No, but you know, in some ways, since all of us have done bad things, we're kind of dirty and filthy, unholy, unclean, and yet God came near to us. Well, today we're gonna learn two more important things about God. We're gonna learn that God is great and we're gonna learn that God is good. All right, so you guys had a few minutes to think about one thing that you can do that no one else in this room can do that makes you great. So let's go around the room. We'll start with Titus. I can't say it because I forgot you were in the room. Oh, you forgot that I was in the room? Oh, what was the thing that you listed? Web scrape. Oh, that you can do web scraping? I don't know if I know what re- web-, web scraping is what either. So it? I think Titus is learning how to code and he knows how to do web scraping through coding. Does anyone else in this room know how to do that? No. I All right, Titus. I, I guess that makes you great. Yay. All right, Lydia, were you able to think of something you think? No, you couldn't think of something? All right, that's okay. Charlotte, you said you could think of three things. Oh my I goodness, think Charlotte. This Whoa, Charlotte, you've made your tongue into some type of flower. Can I anyone can else make their tongue look, look like that? Can I tell you something though? I what? think it has something to do with like rolling their tongue. Not they? like that, but only some people can do this and some people can do that.
1: I can and do it like depends anything.
0: on like your parents in some Maybe like genetics. That my mom can't do. Yeah. Wow Charlotte. <laughs> I, I think you're really great. You're the only one in this room that could do it. And I don't think you can teach us how to do it. Can can, no. can we learn how to do that? No. Even if we, we practice for a week. All right. You said there were two other things. Mm-hmm. What are two other things that you can do? Ballet and harp. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, Charlotte, you um, are learning ballet, and you've been spending several years learning ballet and several years learning harp, right? Well, I, 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 I'm pretty sure you can play ballet, or you can play the harp, and do ballet better than anyone in this room. So I think Charlotte's pretty great. <laughs> All right, anyone else? Um, Matthew, could you think of something that you can do that's special, that makes you great? Sure, but i get I can play baseball. Oh, you can play baseball. So you can like uh, use a bat and hit the ball pretty well? Yeah. You think I'm you can do it better than everyone else in this room? Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty special. Uh, anyone else, Caroline? I know you didn't have much time. Could you think of something that you can do that uh, you think is uh, most of us in this room can't do? I can read high school books. Oh, you can read high school books. So you're a very good reader. I All right, high school books too, that's so. that's pretty special, especially because uh, you're only in fourth grade, right? Uh, no. You're in fifth grade. Okay, that's still pretty special, Timothy being in fifth grade. Read. Well, Timothy's in sixth books, grade. But <laughs> All right, uh, Neva, were you able to think of one thing? Yes. Um, so, I can walk a horse on a lead rope in a round pen, when there's an obstacle course. Wait, you can walk a horse? Yeah, I can. So, you can, like, you can use, a horse can have a, a rope, a rope and you can walk the horse... Around the round pen, and then get it to trot, and stop it you want Wow. I know I can't do that, I've never even tried. I think I might get hurt. Uh, that's pretty special, Neva. That, that sounds pretty great. All right, Annabelle, did you, were you able to think of something? What's one thing you, can, you think of that you can do pretty well? What? Cello. Oh, you can play the cello. Wow, and how long have you been learning how to play cello? I don't know. I don't know, a long time? Wow, three years! I don't think anyone else in this room has devoted three years to learn to play the cello. Does anyone else play the cello and has learned the cello yeah, and practiced I've for? Played th- cello for like the two months. For two months? Yeah, that's not as great as Annabelle. Annabelle, that sounds pretty great. I played it for two days. All right, uh, Timothy. I for one Timothy, what's one thing you can think of that you can do that perhaps no one else I'm in this room? I the orchestra for violin. Oh, so you, you've been a part of an orchestra. So you are a seasoned contributor to the Berkeley Youth Orchestra. And no one else has had that experience, I think, right? Okay. Raquel, you had a couple of minutes. Are you able to think of maybe one thing that you can do pretty well that's kind of special? Oh, you've learned to play the piano uh, for three years. That's pretty good. That's pretty special. And how, how old are you? You're eight years old, wow. So I think you're probably the only eight-year-old in this room. Oh, oh but that has been learning piano for three years. You, you've been learning cello for three years, right? Wow, God's made all of you in this room, you know, special and kind of great. <laughs> uh, what? I can play drum thighs. Drum thighs? drum on my thighs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Everybody in this room can okay. All right. Well, None of us are us. Co- coordinated and drumming on your thighs with you, Titus. Of course. Uh, not. <laughs> nice All right. So we think we're pretty great, right? But you guys know who's even greater than us. Who is that? God. God. And so we're going to learn three things. They're not the only three things. Just like Charlotte, you wrote three things that you can do that no one else in this room can do. There are more than 3 things that make God great. But there are 3 things that I want to remind ourselves that God is that makes him great. So the first thing that makes God great is that God is eternal. God is eternal. Do most of you know what the word eternal is? What does the word eternal mean, Lydia? Forever. Yes, it means forever. That there's no beginning And that there's no end. So God is eternal. He didn't have a beginning. He didn't have a birthday. How many of you have a birthday? Uh, Do most of you have a birthday? Raquel, do you have a birthday? All of you have a birthday. And what's so special about your birthday? What is that day? It was the day that? You were born. That you were born. (laughs) That before that day, were you guys born? No. All right. I think, I assume most of you were still in your mommy's tummy. And maybe a year before your birthday were you around at all? No. No, most of you in here were not in existence. Most, so, most so you guys, well, you know, Luke was an embryo for 13 years before his birthday. So he's a, he's a little bit different, but for all of you in this room, you guys all had a birthday. None of us in this room are eternal because all of us have a beginning, but God is special. God is eternal. He doesn't have a beginning. He doesn't have a birthday. Now, on your pages, there's some Bible verses. Can someone read to me the first verse, Psalm chapter 90, verse 1 and 2? Who can read for us Psalm chapter 90, verse 1 and 2 on your Bible verse sheet? Can I have a volunteer? Matthew, please read to us Psalm chapter 90, verse 1 and 2, the first uh, verse... Before he created the world and the mountains were made from the beginning to the end, you are God. Yes. So what does the psalmist say? From the very beginning, before there was anything, there was God. And God is from the beginning to the end. God is eternal. And that makes God great because can we ever be eternal? No. Can we learn to be eternal? No, No. If God gave us lessons for a few years... Uh, why don't you take a few years to learn how to be eternal? Will you and I ever be eternal? No. No. So that makes, that's one thing that makes God great. All right. There's a second thing that makes God great. The second thing that makes God great is that God is holy. God is holy. Now, since some of you go to church a lot, you probably have heard the word holy before. But what does the word holy mean? Does anyone know? Does anyone in this room know what the word holy means? Like sacred. Yes, a synonym could be like sacred. What does holy and sacred mean? Important. What? Important. Important, yes. It kind of means important, but it means something still a little bit different than important. Important isn't an exact synonym for holy. Does anyone righteous? else? Holiness can include righteousness. Yes, you, 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 something as righteous can be thought of as holy. Well, what does holy mean? Holy means to be separate and unique from anything else in this world. So to be holy is to be set apart to be sacred, to be used as something different than anything else. And we learn from the Bible. What does the Bible say? There is no one like God, right? That God is unique. There's no one like him. He is separate. He is set apart. He is holy. All right. There's another verse on your Bible verse sheet. Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. Caroline, why don't you read that out loud, loudly and clearly for us? Lord, who among the gods is like you? Who is like you? You are majestic and holy. Your glory fills me with wonder. You do wonderful miracles. Exodus 5, 11. Isn't it majestic? Yes, he is majestic and holy. So what, what Moses is writing here is that God is unique. There's no one like God. He is majestic and he is holy. And so that also means that anything that is connected with God becomes holy. Do you guys remember when Moses went to the burning bush? Remember Moses was in the desert and in the middle of the desert, all of a sudden he goes and he sees this bush that was on fire. And yet it didn't burn up, right? And so he goes to the burning bush, and, and who was at the burning bush? God. It was God, right? And do you guys remember what God told Moses to do? Take off take his off sandals. sandals. Yes, God told Moses to take off his sandals. Why? It because it was on holy ground. Now, is there anything you think special about the ground of a desert? So what made that ground holy? Because God was on it. That's right, because God is there. Everything that's connected to God also becomes holy. But those things aren't holy in itself. They're only holy because they're set apart for God's use. And so all of us in this room, we can never be holy and unique and set apart like God because no one else is like God. But God wants us to be holy Because God wants us to be set apart, not to do the things that we want to do for our own gain, but to set us apart to do things to serve the Lord. All right, so three things that make God great. One is that God is eternal. Second, that God is holy. And third, look up, God never changes. God never changes. And there's another word that we sometimes use to describe that God never changes. We say that God is immutable. Can you guys say the word immutable? Immutable. immutable. That God is immutable. immutable. He never changes. He's perfect. If someone's perfect, can they be more perfect? No. No. They never change. Does God learn anything? Does God go to school to learn no. and, no, and know more things? things? Because he already knows everything. That's right. He can't get any better because he's the best. Can he get worse? Yes. No. no, he can't get worse either, because he never changes, Matthew. God is immutable. All right, I need another volunteer to help read three verses. Psalm chapter 102, verse 25 to 27. Uh, Raquel, you want to read it out loud? Um, can I read it from my Bible or the paper? Uh, why don't you read it from the paper? pass away but you will remain and they will all wear out like a piece of clothing you will make them like clothes that are taken off and thrown away but you remain the same your years will never end oh thank you for reading that so did you guys understand did you read what these verses say that all of us we're we're like clothes that wear out how long are the clothes that you guys are wearing right now going to last? Not long. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to the clothes after a while? They get stinky and they They get stinky, dirty. Some of you are going to get holes, and it's going to get all stretched and worn out. And what do you do with what? What do you do with clothes that are have worn out so badly that no one can wear them? Are they of any use? No. no. No, they are. You can use them to what? <laughs> oh, you can use it to wipe the table and wipe it around. We, um, we, don't, we donate our clothes, our old clothes, to a mattress place, and they use it for um, the, um, the, like, in the, in, like the carpet, the inside. Uh huh. All right. So maybe there's still other uses that can be made with rags, right? Because yeah. dirty or worn-out clothes become basically rags. So what the psalmist, the writer is saying is that we're kind of like clothes. We're we're, going to wear out. We think we're great, but we're going to get old. We're going to get sick. We're not going to always be strong. We're going to get weak. And because of our sin, we're all going to die, physically die. But is God going to wear out? Does God need new batteries (laughs) like your toys? No, God never changes. He doesn't ever get worse. He can never get better. And so God, when we say that God never changes, we say He is what? Immutable. Immutable. All right, so let's list the three things that make God great. God is eternal, eternal. God is holy, and God is and immutable. And that's what makes God great. Now, I have one more question for you guys. Can God teach you and me to be immutable? No. Nope. Nope. Can God say, oh, if you take a special class, you will be immutable? No. 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 So these characteristics, these attributes are what makes God great. And another way we explain or say that these cannot be attributes that we have is we say that these are the incommunicable attributes of God. When you and I communicate, right? We can share something to one another. But when we cannot communicate those uh, information or those things, we say that they are incommunicable. All right? So these attributes that make God great are incommunicable. All right. I'm going to ask you guys to have another activity so you can turn to the back of your page. You guys spent a few minutes thinking about one thing that makes you great because no one else in this room can do. So I want you guys now to write down one thing that you can do that someone in this room cannot do, but if you had a few weeks, you can probably teach them how to do it. Oh, I got it. So one thing that you can do that someone else in this room cannot do but if you had a few weeks, you can probably teach another person in this room how to do it. But what if they already know it? Yeah. Well, then you have to think of something. You have to think of something th- that someone else in this room... It doesn't have to be no one else in this room can do it. But someone else in this room may not be able to do it. And if you can give have a few weeks, you can teach them how to do it. Yes, Matthew. Can, can it be you... It could be me, you can teach me something because I can't do everything, I don't know everything. All right, so I'll give you guys two minutes. I'll give you an example. Inside that pot. Oh yeah, pea soup. Inside that pot in the kitchen, I made split pea soup. And I'm pretty sure there's at least one person in this room that doesn't know how to make Pedro's split pea soup, but Excuse me. if you stay in our home this afternoon and want to learn, I can teach you how to make Pedro's split pea soup, and it's not that difficult, and maybe you can go home and get all the ingredients, and tomorrow you can make your own Pedro's split pea <laughs> but soup. But if I make Pedro's pea soup, it won't be Pedro's anymore. Pedro. Ah. alright, you guys ready? All right, uh, I don't need everyone to share, but what's uh, who wants to share? Matthew. Oh, I can say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So I, I can say that as well. Yeah, me too. too. He told me. Uh, all right, so you can say that word, and maybe there's a few of us, but if you, you teach us, yes, yes, yes. we can probably learn. All right, that's good. Charlotte, what's one thing that came to your mind? Mm, that way. Really learned, really. Those are learnable. Oh, yeah, so in a few weeks, in a few oh, weeks, wait, wait, Charlotte. so Charlotte, do you think in a few weeks you can you can teach me a little bit about the heart? Yeah, but it won't be good. But it won't be good, all <laughs> right, all right. All right, someone else, Neva. Acting through movement and dialogue. You can what? Acting through movement. Oh, acting through movement and dialogue. So if you spent a few weeks with another person in this room, you can help them learn a bit about acting through movement and dialogue. That's great. Uh, All right, one more volunteer. How about one more person? Uh, Raquel. Um, I have a great thing. Oh, a few things. Yeah, I have um, Morse code. I have piano and make a Lego movie. Oh, wow. So Morse code, I don't think I know Morse code. I know what Morse code is, but I don't know Morse (laughs) code. And you can teach uh, some of us a bit about piano because you've been learning piano for three years. And what was the third thing? Oh, wow. I don't, I don't even know how to go about yeah. making a movie, yeah. let alone leg movie. Yeah, yeah, All a right. Time. Wow. So, so guess what? You guys, there are some things that you can do that we can't do as well, But but you can teach us, right? You can communicate and help us to understand and learn that skill. Well, guess what? That's the same way with God. God has some things that make him great, and there are things that we'll never be able to do. But there are some things that God can do, or that he is, that we can learn to be like him. So we call these characteristics communicable attributes. And there are three, and these aren't the only three, but there are three that I want to share with you. So the first is that God is perfectly wise, God is perfectly wise. Do you guys know what the word wise means? Yeah. What does the word wise mean? What does it mean to be wise? To know a lot. Well, that's part of it. So to be wise is to know a lot, but wisdom is a little bit different than knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So if you, knowledge is just learning, and storing information in your brain. Like I can know that two plus three is five, or I know that uh, there is, I don't know, less than 20% of the air is made of oxygen. Uh, So those, those are knowledge, that's information, but that's not quite what wisdom is. What makes wisdom different than just knowledge? Matthew, do you have an idea? Um, maybe like you kind of just already know it even if you don't learn it. Uh, that could be a part of it. Well, I'll give you a hint. Someone who uses knowledge for bad things, we say that they are cunning. I'll give you an example. My three-year-old son, Luke, is very ticklish in his armpits. If I wanted to have fun, because I have the knowledge that Luke is very ticklish in his armpit, what might I do while he's enjoying his lunch today? I might sneak behind him and tickle him, not in his back, not on his head, but I'm gonna tickle him in his armpit, and he might spit out his food and laugh uncontrollably. Is that wisdom? No. No, that's cunning. So what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Timothy, what do you think? When you use knowledge for good. Yes. So wisdom is applying knowledge to solve a problem, to fulfill a good purpose, to do something that's good, helpful, and right. And guess what? Not only does God know everything, But God is perfectly wise because he knows everything. He can do everything for good, right? So kids, like when bad things happen in this world, like if if you were to get sick or someone gets sick or someone gets hurt, or if something that you really care for, like gets stolen, all right, how can that make us feel if we know that God is perfectly wise? We know it's okay, right? Because God doesn't make mistakes. Everything that happens is because it's according to God's plan. All right, we have another Bible verse. Romans chapter 16, verse 27. Can I have another volunteer? Uh, Another volunteer. How about Neva? It's the fourth uh, verse. So Romans chapter 16, verse 27. through Jesus Christ, Amen. All right, so it's a short verse, but what Paul is saying is that God is special, God is the unique and God is wise. Not only does he know everything, but he can use everything for his good. So, think of everything that God's done, right? His creation. He everything about the creation. He didn't make a mistake. He knew everything and he did everything for good or even when he sent Jesus to die on the cross? Was that a mistake? No. Even though it might seem sad or unjust? No, because God knew everything that was gonna happen, and God planned to have Jesus be the savior of the world. All right, so one thing that makes God good, he is perfectly wise. The second thing, he is infinitely powerful. He is infinitely powerful. Can God do everything? Yes. Yes. Is there anything God can't do? No, God can do any and everything. Well, as long as it's good and as long as it's according to his good purposes, right? So some people joke, God can't lie, right? And the reason is not because he's not a great God, but because that's outside of his character because a good God does not lie. All right, we have another verse Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. Another volunteer. Can someone help me read Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17? Timothy. Right. Lord and King, you have reached out your great and powerful arm. You have made the heavens and the earth. Nothing is too hard for you. Jeremiah 32 says. So what did Jeremiah say? Did Jeremiah say, there are a few things, God, that are too hard for you? No. What does Jeremiah say? He says what? No. What does the verse say? Nothing is too hard for you. Can you guys say that together? Nothing is too hard for you. All right, so God is perfectly wise. He is infinitely powerful. And the third thing it says in the Bible, God is perfectly good. God is perfectly good. Is there anything bad in God? No. No. There's nothing bad in God. There's nothing evil in God. There's nothing unclean in God. God is perfect, and he is perfectly good. And there are two ways that God can show his goodness to us. He can show his goodness to us by grace or through grace and by mercy. Now, these are two words you guys might have heard before. Do you guys know what the word grace means? What does it mean that God has shown us grace? Charlotte, What do you know what grace means? Giving something to someone what they don't deserve. Correct. So grace is usually giving something good that they don't deserve. In fact, usually that person should deserve punishment or something bad, but instead You give something that's good. So I'll give you another example with my three-year-old son Luke. All right. Luke knows he is not supposed to throw toys in the house. And he knows the rule is that if he throws toys in the house, he's gonna get discipline. All right. And most of the time, if he throws toys in the house, and we know he does that, mom and I will discipline Luke. But once in a while, all right, once in a while, we'll tell Luke, because we love you and because we want to show our love for you, if you are truly sorry, not only are we not gonna discipline you, but we're gonna give you a piece of chocolate. (laughs) Would Luke deserve a piece of chocolate if he throws his toy across the room and breaks house rules? No. But no, no, he deserves punishment. But when, 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 when grace is given, grace is a kindness that is giving good things when we deserve bad things. And so God has shown grace to us, right? So, so God gives, God gives grace to us and God also gives mercy. He extends mercy to us. Now, mercy is a little bit different from grace. Does anyone know what mercy means? Lydia, do you think you know what yes. mercy means? What does mercy mean? Uh, when somebody deserves punishment, you show mercy to them and, and say they don't have to like pay back. Yes, that is a part of it. So a part of mercy may be to withhold punishment. But there's also another thing about mercy that's a little bit different. When someone gets punished... Are they in a good situation? Do they need help? Yep. So for example, let's say I'm a lazy doctor and I'm supposed to go to work at 8.30 in the morning. But I said, you know what? Oh, Pedro wants to sleep in and not go to work. And instead of showing up at 8.30, I show up at 10.30. And there are all these angry patients who say, Where's my doctor? I had an appointment at 8.30 and my doctor's not here. And this happens tomorrow. And this happens all next week. And my boss says, you are fired. We can't have a doctor be late like this. And I get fired. I lose my job. I can't earn money. And now our family, because we don't have uh, any... Uh, any money, we have to leave our house and we don't have any money for food and clothing. <laughs> All right? Did I get what I deserved? Yeah. yeah. All right? Well, what is mercy then? Mercy is helping people who have done bad things that are now helpless when they don't deserve to be helped. And to extend kindness and to help them when they're in need. Yes? You mean like if, if you wanted a job so someone came and say, hey, I hire you. Well, it could be. So maybe maybe there is another, another hospital that says, oh, we're looking for a doctor. And we heard that lazy. you've had a habit of being very lazy and not doing your job. Mm-hmm. But... Because of the kindness of our heart, we want to give you a second chance, even though there are other doctors we can hire that are much more reputable than you. So, yes, that might be a way that they extend mercy to us. How do you think God extended mercy to us? Well, let's read our final verse. The final verse on your sheet is... Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. And this is a very important verse, so I need an excellent reader. Lydia, can you read clearly out loud for all of us to listen? But God loves us deeply. He is full of mercy. So he gave us new life. Because of what Christ has done, he gave us life, even when we were dead in sin. God's grace has saved you. Yes, so God loves us deeply and he shows mercy towards us, right? We deserve punishment. We deserve to be helpless in our sin and to die, but he set his heart to show mercy to us by giving us Jesus Christ. Well, so let's review. We've covered a lot. We learned two things about God today, that God is great and God is good. And what are the three ways that we learned that makes God great and unique and completely different from us? God is eternal, God is holy, and God is immutable. And the second thing we learned is that God is good. And these are things that God is the best at, but you know what? We can learn a little bit about how to be like God in this way. And what are the three things that make God good? God is perfectly wise, God is infinitely powerful, and God is perfectly good. So all of us in this room, we can learn to be wise. Does God want us to be wise? Yes. God's not the only person that can be wise. We can be wise. We can learn, like what you guys, you kids are doing in school, and use the things that you learn for good things. Right, Annabelle? Like when you're learning the cello, you're not just learning the cello to play the cello, but hopefully one day you can use your gift and your skill in playing cello for good things, right? Or some of you are playing other musical instruments, acting, um, you may be good at coding. So you're learning these things to do good. And by learning how to do good with the things that you know, that is what makes you wise. Now, none of us in this room are... Uh, infinitely powerful. Are there some things that are hard for us? Yes. Yes. But even though there's some things that are hard for us, if there are things that are important to do and good to do, does God want us to give up? No. No, No, right? God wants us to work hard and to be able to do our best in everything that we do. And God is good. Does God want us to be good? Yes. Yes. We're never going to be perfectly good, right? But God wants us to show grace God wants us to show mercy. Is there, are there gonna be times where your sibling, your brother or your sister do something that you really don't like and you might need to show a little grace and a little mercy to them? Yes. yes. All right, well, let me close us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much that you are great. And even though there are some things that we do that are pretty special, nothing compares to you. Thank you for being eternal, that you don't need anything. You didn't have a birthday like us. Father, thank you so much for being holy and that all that you do is set apart special because you are special. You are unique. There is no one like you, God. And thank you, God, that you are immutable, that you don't change. And we don't have to worry, God, that you might one day not be good or be less good, um, and, or that you things will become difficult for you in the future. But thank you for being a God that never changes so that we can depend on you. And dear God, I pray that all of us in this room, that you will help us to be wise, to learn things in school, not just to know things, but to do things for good, with a good purpose, for your glory. Help us to work hard and even though nothing is hard for you, many things are hard for us, but that we still do our best to do the things that you would want us to do. And thank you God for being perfectly good. And even though we're not perfectly good and we try our best that you show grace and mercy to us and help us to learn to be good so that we can show grace and mercy to our brothers, our sisters, even our parents and our friends. And I pray that you'll continue to bless our classes as we continue to want to learn more about what a great God you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.